0: best party you've ever been invited to. Okay, just kind of imagine yourself the very best party you ever got invited to. How about this? Or, or that you went to. Or maybe the best party you ever saw from a distance. You know, maybe you didn't get invited. Uh, but you saw how cool it was. And you're like, man, that's amazing. You know, to imagine like, I think of the Met Gala. I've never been to the Met Gala, but I mean, walking around with the tuxedos on, and the spingly, sparkly dresses, right? And like, it's so fancy, you know, chocolate towers, like 40 feet high, whatever, the fondue fountains and the crystal glasses. It's like the most epic party you could ever imagine. Like just imagine the most epic party and you might have like seen it online or something. Man, what would it be like to go to that? Um, For me, I kind of got a funny story where I got to be in a party that I never would have gotten invited to in a million years, never even knew about it, and all of a sudden found myself there. It was my night of my wedding, so bachelor party, night before the wedding, and I'm young, all my groomsmen, we're all young, we're like 20, 19, 18 kind of thing, and they have no plans for me, for my bachelor party. They have no plans. And it, we're in the Bay Area and we finished the rehearsal dinner and then we're out at the hotel. We're staying in a hotel in the Bay Area and we're out on a deck and we're looking across the city of San Francisco. Kind of can see it and way out there. We're not like close, but it's, it's out there. And we're thinking, man, what do you guys want to do tonight? You know, and I'm looking around and I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to plan something for me? And they're like, Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You know, like, well, it's the epic night. You got to do something. It's like the night of your wedding, like bachelor party night. you has got to be amazing. Like, okay, so what do you guys think? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. And all of a sudden, as we're seeing, walking across the city, wondering what to do, we see those like big uh, tracking lights, you know, those spotlights and they're just two of them and there's, and they're like glowing off the fog banks, you know, and they're, there's huge because we can see them from really far away. And we think, well, we got no plans. We got nothing to do, but this night has to be awesome. So why don't we just start driving towards those lights? I mean, there's got to be something at the spotlights. So let's just get in our cars and let's start going. And so we're like, without any other plans, we decide that's what we're gonna do. So we we have a couple of cars. I think there's like eight of us or something. We start driving through the city. And this is 1993. There's no cell phones or MacQuest or you know digital stuff. We're just like driving through our windows, looking at the spotlights, trying to. Okay, we we'll go turn, turn, turn. turn. And so we're following each other through the city, right? Finding the, going to the lights. And we get there, and we pull in. the, will turn up. Giant mega lights. Wait a minute. I didn't. Did I dismiss kids? I'm so sorry. Did, I did. All right. Mega lights. I'm so glad you guys are here. This is a fun story, right? Fun. Uh, mega lights shooting all over. And uh, we're like, what is this? And and there's this fencing all along the thing. i are like, we'll get up. There's this big high fencing. And we're like, what is this? We're in the center of San Francisco, downtown. We're realizing that three or four, five, six blocks of downtown San Francisco is just fenced off. And the lights are going and we're looking in the windows of these giant buildings like the museum, Metropolitan Opera, like all this stuff. These giant civic center, the massive buildings right downtown, they're all empty except they're turned into a party place. It's like a giant party that has taken over the whole center of San Francisco. I realized later, this is the black and white balls. From, since 1959, this party has been going in San Francisco, the biggest party of all times in San Francisco. Millions, billions of dollars generated charities from this, this amazing party. All who's who's of who's who's goes to this party. This year, Jefferson Starship was like headlining you know, in one of the rooms, and there's bands in every building. And we're there outside the fence, and we're thinking, this looks kind of cool. Maybe we should go in there. Uh, check it out. You know, this is, here we are, we, we made it all this way, how we get in. And right then, a couple comes out from the gated fence there, and they're like, what are you guys, we're, we're like, what's it?" They're like, this is the party, the black and white ball, you know, well, we, don't, we don't have any of our tuxedo stuff on, obviously, we're still just in our old junky clothes, but um, we're like, wow, this looks really cool. And they're like, you guys wanna go check it out? Yeah, well, just, we're leaving, they say, so just take our wristbands, you can just have them, you know. So they give us these wristbands, so we put them on, we're like, we go in to the black and white ball. <laughs> what? Two of our guys go in. They're like, gone. And we're like, okay, what do the rest of us do? So let's just wait around for more people to come through the fence who are tired of their wristbands. And sure enough, within 30 minutes or so, we've scalped enough wristbands from people that we're all in. We're all in the party, and it's amazing. Like We're just walking around from building to building. It's packed with people all dressed in the nice. Sure enough, fondue chocolate fountain, 40 feet high. I can't even believe how tall it is. You, know, you get your little crystal glass there, and you're like, and the crystal glasses everywhere, chandeliers everywhere, bands playing, classical music band in a big building, jazz over here. The fanciest party. We cruise through the whole thing. We're having so much fun just hanging out. The run of the city, places that are usually closed, streets are closed, buildings are closed, but open to this party. So no one looks at us weird or anything. It's just like, they're so happy we're there. Everyone's just so happy. It's the coolest party ever. And we're having so much fun. A few hours later, we sort of all meet up at this other point inside the, on probably the Civic Center balcony or something. And there again, we are, we're at this balcony and we're looking at each other across this balcony, uh, looking over the city, and we're like, we, I can't believe this just happened. Like, we found the most epic party of all times. And we're like, we're gonna tell our kids about this party. Like, how did this happen? The bachelor party of the century, you know? That was never planned, never really uh, had an intention for this to happen, and yet, here we were, and we're experiencing this thing that we're never gonna forget, ever. Now, we're gonna see, there's some pretty cool invites right here in these last moments of Jesus's early life. He's gonna give an invite to a party. Now, it's not always gonna be a party, the whole time. It will be at one point. But what he's going to invite us to is an experience that he's going to invite these guys to an experience they're never going to forget. An experience they're going to say, I never would have believed I would ever be here in a million years. How in the world am I here right now? These people, these guys, Jesus's friends, these first disciples changed the world and they got to partner with Jesus because of an invite, a welcome, an invite to something that They never would have imagined something they're going to tell that they did tell their families, their friends all all through their life. They never forgot this amazing moment. And the moment was when Jesus cruises along the shore of Galilee, this this lake there, and he meets up with these people and he gives them this invite. And the invite is something that you and I can ponder. We can wrestle with it this morning because it's an invite for us as well. It's in Matthew. It's Matthew 4. Four, and verses 18 and 19 is where it starts out. And so here's, here's how it goes. Jesus is walking along. Let's see, so 4, so 18 says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they were fishing for a living, for, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. So here's this invite. Jesus just comes right up to them. Come follow me. Now, I thought when I used to read this as a kid, I used to think this was a cold meeting. They had never seen Jesus before. This is a one-off, like, who is this guy? And then all of a sudden, he's giving me this invite. But actually... From studying this, I found out that that's not really true. For months and months and months, these guys knew about Jesus. Remember when Jesus got baptized? We talked about that a few weeks ago. They were probably there. They saw Jesus get baptized. They might have seen the dove, the spirit come down. They heard the voice from heaven. Remember when we talked about Jesus in the temple reading that part of Isaiah saying, this is what I've been called to do. They might have been in that meeting too. These guys hung around that community. They knew about Jesus high probability even they believed in what he said and thought that he might be who he said he was. They might have said, yeah, he's the savior of the world. We believe it, so cool, I'm just fishing. I just do my fishing thing, but that guy, yeah, I believe it, I'm there. But but when this guy comes up and says, will you follow me, right, he gives this invite. All of a sudden, everything changes, changes for these guys. And it's an invitation, first of all, to a relationship. With Jesus Jesus isn't like, I know you know about me. Come or figure out how to know about me more. No, he says, come and hang out with me. Like this relationship with Jesus. And Jesus, in the same way, he's giving us this invite. Through, through, the, through all of his mission and message, through all of the Bible, this invite from God to a relationship. To a relationship, not a bunch of rules. Not to a routine or coming to a building on Sunday or doing the right things. Not like, hey, if you get your act cleaned up, you know, you can uh, go to heaven someday and everything will be cool. No, but a relationship. Jesus is saying, I want to be with you. You're going to be with me. And this is a relationship that changes everything. It's a relationship that is transformative because it's a relationship with the one who made the universe The one who made you and me, who dies on a cross and and then rises again in victory. And he's calling us, he's inviting us uh, to know it, to know it deeply. And this invitation is going to change us, going to change us in the process, right? Because look at what Jesus says next. He says, you know, he, he calls them, he says, come follow me. And then he says, I will show you how to fish for people. Some translations say, I'll make you fishers of men. This show you how, this I will make you. It's an invitation to transformation, to be changed by Jesus. Not to make ourselves into something like a 12-step program or become better people if we do the right things and, and, and have like a special order of you know stuff we do that we're gonna we're gonna somehow improve our lives by our own efforts. That's not the invitation. The invitation is to be changed by the one who created us, to be given this new identity, a new name. Jesus loves us how we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like that. He loves us so much he wants to change us for our good, for for the better, for his amazing purposes. He's going to do this daily transformation work in our lives when. When we say yes to him, when we follow him, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a rejection of self-transformation, really. It's an invitation to say, I'm, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own, instead of uh, an invitation to surrender to the one who has the infinite power, the one who really can do uh, what he says he can do, that can bring life to us, this freedom and true change that we can experience. So how do the disciples, these first guys, they're not disciples yet. They're just friends on the beach there. But how do they respond to Jesus, to this invitation? How do they respond? Okay, here it is. Verse 20. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Right? No duh. Right? They're just like, yes. I thought you would never ask. I'm in. Oh, man, you're biting me? Like they're all in. And then it says a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers. James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Right? These guys, just this wholehearted, immediate response. Just all in kind of a response. And this invitation for us, truly, in the same way, it's this invitation to... Respond wholeheartedly to to say, OK, I've kind of been gathering information about this Jesus. Um, and just like those guys, maybe you're on a kind of a journey of faith and maybe you're at your point where you're like, yeah, I know this is I think Jesus is the savior. The, I think he is who he says he is. I believe I want to put my faith and believe that he is who he says he is. And then here's this invitation Jesus gives us. Well, then he says, follow me. You can be shaped and changed into who I've created you to be. This invitation is a big deal. Uh, For these guys, it's going to cost them everything. They're going to abandon all of it, right? They leave their old life behind, the nets, their father in the boat, the whole thing, and they just go with them. They're like, yes, I'm all in. They, They abandon everything. And these guys would follow Jesus all the way to the end. This decision for them is like deep decision. They would follow Jesus through these years of his mission and message. There were some sketchy moments in there where Jesus is getting captured and crucified where they were scared and huddled up and hiding and wondering what in the world. They were sorrowful. They were doubting but yet they, they hung on to this clinging bit of hope. And then Easter morning, Sunday morning when Jesus is no longer in the tomb and the news comes back that Jesus has left the tomb. He's out and about. He's alive. Then their their faith just reignites. They get to connect with Jesus over these weeks and and their faith is just empowered by this moment. But, But they give their lives for this. And so all through their lives they tell this story to everyone they know. We can't believe it but we were invited to this incredible experience with God. We got to get in on the ground floor. They could have left their nets. I mean, they could have kept their nets. They could have kept fishing. They could have said... Hey, that's an interesting invite there. Um, let me keep working on the nets here. I'll think about it. You know, I've got some issues with the boat and I'll deal, deal with that. Like they could have, you know, hemmed and hawed and like you put it on hold, but they responded right away and they responded wholeheartedly and they got to get front row seats. They were first string players. They got off the bench and they got to get in on the experience of a lifetime. It's not a casual invitation for us either. And the invitation is to respond wholeheartedly to Jesus. Now, abandoning all, it doesn't mean that you have to leave your job or your family or everything behind, you know, but it does mean that everything else in your life, all those things, they come second to Jesus. They're sort of like they're they're a distant second. You know, when we when we follow Jesus, everything we have it all we we sense and we know that it belongs to him anyway. And then so we get to Look at our time, our talent, our treasure. We get to look at our money, our kids. We get to look at our families and our futures and our careers in a whole new kind of light. We get to look at them and say, you know what, Jesus, these are all yours anyway. And so when I put those second, we don't have to really sacrifice much because we get Jesus. <laughs> you know, we get it all in the end. And, and so in a way, um, giving up all of that is it makes perfect sense uh, to get Jesus. And it's worth, this decision is worth it to choose Jesus. It's worth giving up everything in this life again and again and again to get in on Jesus. And this invitation to life with God. There is nothing like following Jesus. You know, I, we have so many friends that we're getting to know through this church planting experience who are sharing story after story about the ways that God is calling them? This personal invitation. How I love how Jesus doesn't hand out a um, clipboard and say, "If you want to volunteer, sign up on the clipboard." You know, um, and just get back to me whenever you want. Like Jesus doesn't doesn't like sort of like um, provide spaces for volunteers to fill their names in. No, He goes after people. He says, "You come follow me. You come follow me." This personal invitation out of this boundless love that he has for us. And and so I love the stories when we hear how Jesus comes after people. He chases after them and invites them in. And maybe you have a story just like that. There's hundreds of stories just like that, just in the people we've gotten to know in these last few months. And I thought I would invite a friend to share with us in these last couple of moments together um, a a story of how Jesus did just that in her life too. So come on up, Natasha, would you... And you can use this microphone right here. You guys, let's welcome Natasha Appleton with us. Yeah, take that. You can take it off the stand and... Come on up into the light so everyone can see. Yeah, and there's, uh uh-oh, and you got a child. She's cool, she's cool, she's showing. What's up? It's Fallon. Oh, do you want me to hold you?
1: You know I don't (laughs) go anywhere without (laughs)
0: Fallon. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for being willing to share your, a bit of your story, a uh-huh. bit of this God story of how God's been capturing your heart. Give us just the where, – where, where would you like to
1: start? Okay. I guess <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so I was raised Catholic, so I had really you know strong roots, and I knew who God was, and I knew who Jesus was. Um, but I guess I didn't, even though I was raised Catholic, I didn't start following Jesus until four years ago. And, um, I was in a place in my life where I was, uh, struggling for almost a decade with, um, a traumatic brain injury. And, um, I was just in pain every day. And, um, I suffered with um, hemiplegic migraines, um, pretty much daily, where I'd have stroke-like symptoms, and I was in pain, I'd have like 14-day migraines, and I'd lose my, my eyesight, and hard to walk, hard to talk, all the things. Um, and yeah, it was really hard, and one day I cried out to God, and I was like, you know, I've gone to all the doctors, and I've done all the things, and taken all the medicines, and nothing's touching this, and I can't live like this. So. Um, either take my life and um, let me escape this pain or um, I'll give my life to you if you heal me. And uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> he healed me. Um, and it, it was a journey. It wasn't like, okay, you're healed and now I'm gonna follow you. It wasn't like that, I'm way too stubborn for that. So it was, um, it was a journey. And he did start making moves in my life instantly, and it was like miracle after miracle, signs and wonders, and all of that. And um, hi, and I got um, baptized, and um, I was just—it was a three-year process of learning who Jesus was and how to have a relationship with Him, and how to follow Him and, and trusting Him through the pain because I was not pain-free yet. Um, And, um, yeah, and so I got baptized, and by the time I had Fallon, uh, my pain was gone. I was pretty much healed, and here I am today at Branches, right? That's that's kind of my story.
0: Tell (laughs) us about New Year's morning here.
1: Yeah, well, first started, like, around Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. We had spoken, and I just, you know, was telling you and Heidi that um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, like, Hey, you need to delete your social media. You're too distracted, and I was like, I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that, but I feel happier when I don't have it. And so I told you, and you were like, It oh, sounds like you know what you need to do. And I didn't listen. And then I came in on Christmas Eve, and um, your sermon was all about distractions, and you know, maybe if, if that for you is deleting your social media. So I was like, be oh. Okay. So like
0: last time, I tell
1: Justin. Anything. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I was like glaring at you. <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, and I went out to my car and I deleted my social media on Christmas Eve. I was like, okay, guess I won't see anyone's Christmas photos. Oh. Uh, and then, like a week later, I, you know, I felt more present, less anxious, um, and I thought that that was gonna be the end-all, be be-all of that. And it turns out. Um, I think it was more of an act of discipline like abiding in what he was asking me to do um so on new year's eve new year's day Mm. i came in um and uh the earth shook and there was a there was an earthquake and i'm right here there was an earthquake and um i was sitting back there and we were like okay another earthquake and we went into our prayer groups, and then after that, we worshiped at the end and as I was sitting back there with her dancing, good luck. <laughs> um, I heard god 's voice, I heard Jesus talk to me, and it wasn't like it wasn't like spiritual wisdom or like the Holy Spirit like convicting me. I, I audibly heard his voice, and it feels like really emotional and crazy to say that, but um <laughs> He said to me, I'm running after you, run to me. And so I guess I, I dropped my nets right there, <laughs> <laughs> yes. my fishing nets, yeah. and um, here we are.
0: <laughs> so cool.
1: So okay. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Now, how about just, so now what's this like for you, sort of this, this new texture of following Jesus in your life? Well, what now, would you say that's I'm for like, you now?
1: Okay, well like he knows I'm stubborn. So he's like, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hear me. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, anytime I need to hear that, I just, I can replay it in my mind, a strong and beautiful, comforting joy and peace. And I know that, um, my purpose is, you know, it's not my job or my career or anything else, but to, to glorify Jesus and, and follow him. Um, and so for me, that looks like spending time with him, seeking, abiding, listening, time and quiet. Um, and for me right now, what I'm learning is self-discipline because it's not easy. I'm a mom and I got a lot going on and, but I have to make time. And, um, just for me, I've learned, um, I'm really distracted. So, um, being really mindful of what I'm consuming, what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, what I'm hearing. Is it, is it glorifying Jesus? Is it, is it bringing me closer to him or am I drawing farther away from him? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it looks
0: like. That's amazing. Well, I thought we could just say a quick prayer for Natasha before she steps off. If you don't mind, join me as we pray for her. God, we thank you so much for the ways that you are working in Natasha's life. And thank you for um, just giving her the courage to share with us her story of how you're working. And we pray that you would keep her strong and that, God, you would continue to draw her close to you that she would continue to hear your voice and experience your love in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. So, cool. so awesome. Thanks so much. Well, we want to close with just a, a time of response as we often do, sing a couple songs, give it time to pray and ponder. And this morning... Um, it's, it's very poignant, right? This time of response Because Jesus is inviting each of us to follow him And it looks so different in all of our lives and all of our journeys of faith But Jesus is inviting us to follow him He's saying, will you follow me? He's posing it like a question Will you follow me? And this morning, if there's anything I want for you this morning It's to say yes To say yes to him and, and maybe it's a, a, a bold, big old, all-in yes. You know, maybe it's just like, yeah, you know, and, and rad. That's so great. If that's you, man, we celebrate that. This morning, maybe it's like a, a medium yes. You know, it's like a, well, oh, okay, all right. I, yep, okay, I'm, I'm in. You know, it's kind of this sort of hesitant, but, it, but it's, it's there. Maybe it's a, a whispered, doubt-filled, wondering, skeptical yes this morning. And that's okay too. God welcomes every step we take toward him and he draws us towards himself. Maybe just like a prayer Natasha said, it's just like, God, I just need you to show me that you're real. You know, I need you to reveal yourself to me because I'm at the bottom of my rope or whatever it is. And so this morning, wherever that yes is, man, my prayer is in these moments that you'd say yes to him. You just say yes and let his hand just guide you and lead you into life, into freedom uh, into the, the hope and the joy that, that he offers us. You know, I, I said following Jesus isn't always a party. But the Bible does say that at the end, at the end of this life and in the life to come with God, that that will be the greatest party we could ever imagine. The Bible calls it like a wedding banquet. You know, like the biggest wedding banquet you could ever imagine, the most opulent thing And all of the joy in all of the world, beyond the world, we get to experience that in the greatest party ever. And I want to be looking across the balcony in heaven with you guys and be like, can you believe we're here? Like, can you believe we didn't deserve to be here, but we got invited and we said yes. And we stole a wristband off somebody, I don't know, (laughs) but we made it in by the grace of God, by the miracle of God's love. And here we are, and we get to celebrate for all eternity. So, so man, that's a, my prayer this morning. We would say yes to him. we get in on this life and the life to come with him. And so I want to invite you to close your eyes and, and to maybe bow your head in this posture of prayer in these last couple of moments. And I invite you as you talk with God and listen for his voice. Maybe he might speak to you this morning. That you might just ponder what draws you to follow Jesus. If, it, if you're an all-in yes this morning, then just share with Jesus in your heart how much you love him. Why you're so excited to follow him. Maybe there's fears that arise within you when you think about saying yes to him. Bring those fears to him this morning. Bring those to him and, and bring all these feelings to him in these moments as we, as we sing, as we ponder what God is doing in our own life. Let his spirit and strength guide you as you seek to, to follow him, to depend on him in whatever way that looks in your life right now as we all step into these uncharted waters of the future together.